This episode of The Arn is sponsored by Heinemann and their professional book, Leading Literate Lives, Habits and Mindsets for Reimagining Classroom Practice. Colby talked with author Stephanie Affinito about the book. So often in my work with teachers, I find that they put their own literate lives on the back burners. But by making time in our personal lives for reading and writing, I find that it shifts the way we think about reading and writing in the classroom. There are over 50 invitations um, for both reading and writing to help teachers cultivate habits for more reading and writing in their lives. The best part is that teachers can then take those same activities and bring them to their students so that they can do the same in their classrooms. Teachers who lead rich, literate lives can help students to do the same. Leading Literate Lives will show you how. Visit Heinemann.com to learn more and order a copy. Welcome to The Yarn, a School Library Journal production. I'm Colby Sharp. A little more than a decade ago, I read Donalyn Miller's The Book Whisperer. The book rocked my world. So much of what I do in my classroom all these years later is based on what I learned from that book. In the summer of 2011, I joined Donalyn Miller's Book A Day Challenge on Twitter. I've read so many great books and met so many amazing people through Book A Day. As the Book A Day community gears up for the 13th annual event, I decided to give Donalyn a call to talk to her about Book A Day. During this conversation, she talks about the purpose of Book A Day, what Book A Day has taught her, and her hope for this year's challenge. Here's my conversation with Donalyn Miller. What is Book A Day? I started Book A Day, I guess, 13 summers ago because as I was teaching sixth grade at the time and our two daughters were still young enough to be living at home. And I just noticed that in the spring, it seemed like all year long we were talking about reading, talking about reading, making sure our kids were reading as much as they could at home as parents, but also as a teacher, really working to encourage my students to read. And it seemed just about the time we really got things going in the spring, we start dismantling some of the supports and structures that help kids keep reading. We start closing the school library and they have to return their library books. We're doing celebrations at school, end of year performances, family nights, and that cuts into perhaps class time and in-class reading time. And with the weather being nicer in the spring, it calls us more outdoors. You know, my family and I wanted to spend more time outdoors, uh, doing outdoor activities in the spring. And right before summer, it seemed we were reading less than we had been reading for the entire school year. And yet that's a time when we're really trying to encourage students to read over the summer. So I felt like I wasn't reading enough. I didn't feel like my personal children were reading enough. And Book A Day really started as a public commitment on my blog to commit to read a book a day for every single day of summer break. It was never meant to be a challenge for children, of course. Um, With my children, it was just reinforcing a daily reading habit that I was trying to do over the summer. But for me, it seemed like a wild challenge. And I read a lot of picture books, middle grade books, novels in verse, graphic novels, along with young adult and adult books. And I thought I could just read a picture book every single day. And I would walk into my classroom year after year with bags full of books that I read during book a day 
uh, picture books for mini lessons, books I could slip into the hands of kids. I often use Book a Day to catch up on books that were popular with my students all year. You know, you've seen this happen in your classroom. A book goes viral in a classroom and 10 kids are passing it around. Well, I have curiosity as a teacher, but I'm not going to shoehorn myself into that exchange. I want the kids passing the book around to each other. And so in the summer for book a day, I would often take home a lot of the books that my students had thought uh, had really enjoyed that I hadn't gotten around to. And, and that's how it really began. I, I did it online as a public commitment. The hashtag book a day just started attaching all of my posts to it on Twitter at the time. And through that hashtag met a lot of other teachers we met during yep. book a day, I think in, in 2011. And I remember exactly how that happened too, because checking the book a day hashtag and you were into it. You were participating, you were posting things and I didn't know who you were at all Colby. And then I thought, I mean, I knew you were a teacher like me, but I started thinking, who's this Colby guy? Like he's really throwing in some great stuff into book a day. And I think that's really where our friendship and our collaboration started. Yeah. This is a wild story. I don't think I've ever told you this. You tweeted, I think it was July, early July or end of June of 2011, like a nice thing about me and like people should follow me. And Elena and I had left for rustic camping that day. And I did not even have a smartphone at that time. So I remember when I got, I did all of my Twitter on a computer. And when I got home from that trip, I went from like, maybe like 19 to 20 Twitter followers to like 200 and something. I was so confused and like what happened? Uh, but yeah, it, that's pretty wild. Um, so let's say that someone's like me, it's like I was in 2011, I had just seen this and I was wondering like, am I allowed to participate? Who can participate? What are the guidelines? Could you share a little, little bit about that for some teachers who are librarians or anyone who's thinking about um, maybe playing along this summer? I didn't want to make guidelines. Let's be clear. I, I made guidelines because teachers, for some reason, needed guidelines, asked me for guidelines. And I feel like Book A Day is a personal challenge. You can make it whatever you want to. I mean, I have changed Book A Day for myself a lot over the years. But simply, the original Book A Day was re try to read a book for every single day of your summer vacation. Start date and end date is up to you. What you choose to read is up to you. Everything counts, uh, whether it's a picture book, a graphic novel, uh, young adult literature. Uh, you can, it's an average over time. So if you spend a week reading, you know, Children of Blood and Bone because it's 500 plus pages long, uh, you can read 20 picture books on a day, you know, and, and uh, over time, it's really just about committing to your reading life every single day of the vacation. And it manifests in whatever way works for you as a reader, I really believe. For me, reading a bunch of books over the summer is no longer a challenge. So in order to keep myself challenged with book a day, I've had to change it. For other folks, that may be a daunting goal. Uh, they may not have time, they may not have access, they may not have interest in reading something every single day. But that book a day challenge for them could then be sharing a book every single day reading a book with a child, sharing a book with a, with a colleague, 
I had a colleague one year, a college professor who said she was just going to attack the stack of journals on her office floor that she hadn't gotten to in a while. She, her course load was a little less in the summer and she was just going to catch up on journal articles. So that's what she did. Um, the hashtag is where the community kind of gathers, hashtag book a day. And that's where even if you're not reading every single day, you can go and get book recommendations from other people who are participating in it. You can look at, um, you can connect with other teachers and educators online who are looking at increasing their book knowledge. There's been some uh, offshoots of Book A Day. Jillian Heisey, librarian in Wisconsin, has started hashtag classroom book a day. And that was her personal goal of reading out loud to her middle schoolers every single day of the school year. And there's quite a community that's grown up around classroom book a day too. I think for educators who are interested that maybe the hashtag is where they start, click on the hashtag, see who's sharing, and then think about what their own goals are for their reading life over the course of summer vacation. Maybe it's just recommitting to reading every day. Maybe that's the commitment that we're making is, can I just go back to reading a little bit every day? I've lost that habit. I think that's so important that we make it our own and that we don't, it's, this is like a no stress challenge. Like I think so often, like as teachers, like we have to check a lot of boxes and we like, like to finish things and do things the right way. Um, but it's such a thing just for, to enjoy reading and to get back to reading. And I love that you mentioned the hashtag. I can still remember Donald in that first summer, some of the books that I read because I saw them when I searched book a day on Twitter, I remember reading Laurel Snyder's Bigger Than a Bread Box. I remember another book that was huge that summer on book a day was Ann Ursu's Breadcrumbs. Mm -hmm. Like I have some of, some of the best reads that I've had are from book a day and finding those books to read. So mm -hmm. we, I agree we have those books that maybe we didn't get a chance to read because our students were passing them, especially like any graphic novel that comes out the last six weeks of the school year. I just know that I have to wait. I have to wait for that until, until the kids are done. Uh, can you talk a little bit about your own? How you talked about Jillian made Book a Day hers with classroom Book a Day. Can you talk about what you did? I guess the last four years with Book a Day, you did kind of an amazing. I just, I just, it seemed so daunting when you started it. Of you're giving books away for four years. Can you talk a little bit about that? My husband and I, our wedding anniversary is in the first week of November. And in 2016, after the election, we didn't really feel like celebrating. And we were concerned about our country. We were concerned as citizens what who believe that individuals can affect change or work towards larger goals. We're really talking a lot about what we could do, you know, to, you know, a teacher and her husband in the suburbs in Texas, like what could we do to contribute to uh, not only heightening awareness of uh, many of the social and political issues that we have in our country, but how, how can books do that? And I know that I think books can solve every problem and that, <laughs> that's probably not true, but I think in this way, books can help. And so my husband and I decided that we weren't going to buy ourselves any, um, any trips or presents for our anniversaries. And we made a commitment to give away one book every single day of the, uh, from November the 10th, 2016 until November the 10th, 2021. 
every single day on my Facebook page. And I selected the books using We Need Diverse Books definition of diversity. And every single book that we gave away was meant to uplift and highlight the stories of historically minoritized people. And I learned a lot about, it was a commitment, but I felt like it's a money where your mouth is situation. And I don't mean that everyone should go out and buy all those books. Of course, it, it's, it's what resources you have, but if you truly believe in something, then how can you make a commitment to it day after day after day? And that's what I was trying to do. It's, it's easy to say that I believe in inclusive classrooms. It's, it's, um, it's, it's good to say that I believe in diversifying our bookshelves, but how am I actually contributing to that beyond just saying it? My knowledge of children's and young adult literature grew a lot during those years, particularly learned a lot about small presses who are doing great work to put uh, to put books out into the world for kids that perhaps aren't highlighted, don't receive big marketing budgets. I've, I've learned about a lot of authors and, of course, connected with thousands of teachers, librarians and their students who have received those books. Now, a lot of people just never even let me know if their book arrived. And that's fine. But there is a group of teachers over the years that have sent me pictures of their kids reading those books. They've talked to me about the lessons that they use the books in. They make book recommendations back to me, Aww. which I think is fantastic because I, I, I want them. I want that exchange. And so I feel like that giveaway um, did what I wanted to do, which was to highlight the contributions of many authors, many stories to promote diverse literature and to put my money where my mouth is. If I believe in these things, how am I showing that commitment day after day after day? Book a day to me is still about that in general. How is the book a day hashtag showing, giving me a place where I can, where I can do that, where I can put action behind my beliefs and tweeting alone is not enough of an action. You know, even giving a book away isn't enough of an action, but it's a place to start. And I feel like uh, a lot of teachers over the years appreciated those giveaways. I learned a lot too. Yeah. And each year you announce the book a day challenge, I guess, on the nerdy book club. Um, and in this year's post, you titled it Finding Our Way Back to Reading Joy. Can you talk a little bit about that and why you chose? I know you've been thinking a lot about reading joy um, and with the book that you're writing with Terry. Can you just talk a little bit about what you've seen in the last, I guess, 15 months and how that kind of shaped your thinking with uh, this year's challenge? Talking with a lot of readers, that's most of the work I've been doing, of course, has been virtual. Let's just say all of it for a long period of time was virtual. But I have had the opportunity to work with a lot of teachers, librarians, administrators and kids over the past 15 months. And a question I have asked in just about every workshop or conferring session has been, how's your reading life going? And I have gotten a wide range of responses from readers of all ages to that question. Some people are reading more than ever, and some people have hit the largest reading setback of their lives. Now, as a woman in my 50s who has seen my reading life ebb and flow for more than 50, I mean, I've been reading since I was in kindergarten, I guess. Um, I know that that's natural. We hit slumps in our reading lives and times when we're reading a lot more. But for kids who may have a 
fledgling love of reading, a fledgling interest in reading, when they hit a large setback, they don't understand that it's not permanent. They, I've talked to kids who referred to their love of reading in the past, and they were fifth graders. They were fourth graders already saying, yeah, reading is something I used to enjoy when I was younger. And they're nine. And they're already saying, yeah, now we have to read. And they'll even parrot back language that we know they've heard from adults. Well, now I'm reading to learn. And that's just a lot harder. You know, I do not think that we have to sacrifice fostering a love of reading with children in order to reach, reach some academic goals that we have. We can teach children how to read, how to become competent, confident readers without killing their love of reading in the process. This has basically been my entire work for as long as you and I have known each other. So tapping into that joy, then it's going back to what are those foundational components that we know foster an interest and higher engagement with reading? And what can we do as adults, both in our homes in our schools to, to do what we can to foster those conditions for kids in our care. I've been talking to a lot of educators about that. And of course my work in schools over the years and talking to a lot of kids. I had the opportunity to interview about 10 high school seniors. They're seniors right now. Their senior year has been pandemic year. I mean, really their entire high school senior experience has been shaped by the pandemic. And their reading lives have been shaped by the pandemic also. And just talking with those young people, and they've been very excited to talk to me. (laughs) I think think after a year in the pandemic, they're like, oh, I'll tell you how it's been. (laughs) They want to tell me. But they tell me about what, how their reading lives have gone through their entire K-12 experience and also how the pandemic has shaped it. And, And overwhelmingly, what I can generalize from talking to young people is that adults who care about their reading lives, adults who actually care about their reading identities and their lives and their choices and their interests and not just their test scores go a long way towards engaging these kids with reading. That and giving class time for kids to read. Um, A lot of these high school seniors, they have jobs. They're applying to college. I talked to one young man, he's in three sports. He's so grateful his teacher gives him 10 minutes a day to read. Those two things setting aside daily time to read in the classroom and being an encouraging adult who's interested in them as a reader personally. It begins with being interested in them as a person, of course, uh, but being interested in their interests and them as a reader and their reading lives away from school, reading as a personal interest and not just an academic pursuit. That's two of the things that I think I have heard over and over again from them. Access, of course, is another piece. And you and I know that from all our work on Game Changer and all the research that we've done. It's very difficult to motivate people to read when they don't have anything to read. Um, So right now, working with a lot of schools for their summer reading programs, how are they getting books into the hands of kids? Uh, This reminds me of a Nerdy Book Club post from 2018 called It's Not That Complicated. uh You may remember that. I mean, you Mm -hmm. wrote it Mm -hmm. in April of 2018. It's really not that complicated. Like your work as groundbreaking and powerful and impactful as it has been, I I think that you agree it's not, you're not asking the most, you did, it wasn't the most complex thing in the world. Like helping kids love reading, surrounding them with books, talking about the books, giving them time to read and talk and write about what they read. 
It's not that complicated. No, but and and honestly, not that groundbreaking. Do we really need people going out into schools to say, you know, if kids have something interesting to read, they might read more. And yet that is if we set aside time for kids to read at school, they might like it more. If the adults in their lives showed an interest in them as people and as readers, they might be more engaged. These are not provocative statements to me. <laughs> No. These are not provocative statements, and yet they are provocative in so many schools where I have worked over the past decade and a half. Uh, you know, so uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know where that stems from. I think there's a lot of pressure on teachers and librarians to get kids' test scores up. They're being told that independent reading is a waste of time. Uh, they don't know. They they're not given the professional development or the resources to build their knowledge of books. But the knowing and doing gap is pretty large. We know this from um, the International Literacy Association conducts a survey every year called What's Hot, What's Not. You may have seen that publication before. And the report that came out last year, right at the beginning of the pandemic, so it reflects 2019 information, it showed that over 80% of the teachers they talked to said they knew their kids needed to read independently every day, but only about a third of them were able to provide it. Mm -hmm. So the majority, overwhelming majority of K-12 teachers knew that their students needed to be reading independently every day, but because of systemic reasons, culture in their school, their own schedule, or even how they prioritize things in their classroom made it impossible for them to provide that for students every day. And, and that's where our conversation really needs to be. What are the obstacles that are preventing teachers from being able to offer that to their students consistently? You know, that's something that we can talk about as a profession, I believe, the systems that are in place that may foster uh, disengagement with reading. So I usually want to know book recommendations from you, but instead of like something that you've read and loved, I want to know one title that is on your stack that you are going to read as part of your Book-A-Day Challenge. Oh my goodness. One that I'm one. as part of my Book-A-Day Challenge. One that you're going to read over the next few months. I'm I am definitely going to read Firekeeper's Daughter. Have you heard about this? I've seen that. I haven't oh. got I, I saw I almost got the audio yet recently. Oh. Like I saw the audio. So. I I bought the book. I'm looking at it across the way and I'm just planning to read it very soon. But it I have heard so many great things about the book. And it is on a bunch of most anticipated books of the year. It's the author's debut. I'm excited about getting to yes. read more of her work. It's already gotten four starred reviews and it is a thriller uh, with a native American protagonist written by a native author. I am I, 10 ways all over it. I cannot wait. And the few people I have talked to already, mostly high school teachers I've talked to already who have managed to read the book have raved about it. So that's, that's high on my list. And we'll be able to see your thoughts on the book a day hashtag on that book i will i will and and i'm i'm start i'm going to start using the hashtag today for my own post i was trying to give teachers a little time to catch up yay so i will end with one last question what is your hope for the 13th annual book a day challenge my hope is that we can reconnect online around the books that we love and the kids that we love I hope that we can find a way to celebrate our reading lives in whatever way it matters to us, not what the way somebody else wants to define it for us, but for ourselves, because that's 
That's the magic. It's one thing to inspire kids to read, but it's another thing to give them a gift that they can feed themselves for the rest of their lives. And I hope we can revisit that as adult readers, because when we can feel it for ourselves, we can imagine it for kids. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Yarn. Thank you to Donalyn Miller for chatting with me about Bookaday. Thank you, Heinemann Publishing, for sponsoring this episode. Thank you to Philip Stead for creating our theme song. Additional music from this episode comes from the Free Music Archive. A big shout-out to my co-host, Travis Yonker, for helping me produce this episode. I wonder who Travis thinks is going to win the NBA title. I'm rooting for the Milwaukee Bucks. My name is Colby Sharp. Thanks for tuning in.